and uh, I watched white chicks and uh, was not was not impressed at all. Um, I did not I did not like that movie. Yeah. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody welcome to the sincast this is chris atkinson from cinema sins the episode you're about to hear is from sin week it's a q a session with all of the entire so-called a and b team so it's it's me it's jeremy it's barrett it's aaron it's danae it's jonathan uh so uh so everybody's in on this one so uh sit back and enjoy a sin week podcast and take it away danae um, hi. Guess what? what it's the final day of a sin week. <laughs> sin week! Yay! Just to be clear, we are celebrating uh, sin week in general, not that it's the last day, because we actually are kind of bummed about it. We've been having such a good time with you guys, and thank mm-hmm. you so much, all of our patron supporters, for making this digital sin week really, really interesting and special. It's something that we're just kind of trying out. Usually we all meet in person. And uh, obviously, we're doing things a little differently. And it's just been so fun to build the chat community. So uh, before we get started on our Ask Us Anything, um, shout out to some of the people in the chat. I'm not going to get to everybody because there are a lot of you. But Look there's, at all those beautiful people. Look yes. at all those beautiful, beautiful people. Laura and Hanquake and No Clue and Patrick and Daniel and DQ and Tyler. Uh, let's see. Oh, I see Jeremy, our boss. Straight up in the chat. <laughs> Metscast is here. Um, let Ian is here. Sid and Polly. Oh my gosh, Cece. There's so many of you guys, and my chat just went crazy. Mikey, so, Ricky, Johnny, Mike. This is like the. Uh, was it romper room? Like I'm showing my age, obviously, but was it? They were like, oh, and I see Susie, and I see Michael. Do you remember was that? that? Like, was that no. the kids show? You know, yeah, like I am old enough to know what romper room is, but I never saw it. How uh, the fuck can you see me, dude? That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that would freak me out if yeah. I was watching TV and someone would be like, "I see you, Danae." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah. So today we're going to be doing uh, an. And ask us anything. If you guys have questions, you can certainly throw them up in the chat. And I'm going to do my best to get to as many as we possibly can. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Um, so, yeah. You guys ready to get started? Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Answer some questions. All right. This first one's from No Clue, who says, will there be at least one virtual event in the future of Sin Week? It would be awesome for those of us who cannot travel and take part at the live event. Anyway, Sin Week rules. So I thought we would start right off here. Yeah, we have done uh, virtual events uh, from every Sin Week. They've looked different than this. Uh, We have live streamed the panels and those kind of things. The difference is there's an audience in the room. Uh, that we're focused on. And this is like, like super focused on like the actual streaming chat, those kind of things. So I imagine, yeah, after the excitement of this and the fun of this, uh, we'll kind of look at what it might look like to do one of these, even during Sin Week, you know, where we're in front of a camera and kind of more intimate with the virtual fans. Um, but yeah. yes, there, there were, the, yeah. <laughs> there were I just, sorry, said, I just, just, just heard it, just heard it, just, just heard it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but 
Yeah, <laughs> there will there will always be some sort of virtual aspect where even if you're a Sin Club member, even if you can't make your way to Nashville for in-person Sin Week, there's going to be fun stuff for you for sure. So yeah, yeah, that'll always be a part of it. Well, there's that answer there. We also, um, for the Sin Weeks in the uh, last year, we do have virtual events during them as well, but we haven't done something quite like this. So yeah, right. thank you for the question. All right, this one's from Nick. Uh, would you rather fight one Aaron-sized Danae or 10 Danae-sized Aaron's? And what would your strategy be? I think we should start with Chris on this one. Hmm. Um, I will always go with the one over the 10. Uh, so I would fight the Aaron-sized Danae before I fought the 10 Danae-sized Aaron's, for sure. <laughs> I think it's important that we all get everybody's answers on this on the record. I want to know. I certainly want to Because when, when everybody, uh, you know, splits off uh, later in the summer, when everybody's, like, uh, molting or whatever happens, you're, there's going to be 10 Danae-sized Aaron's out there, and we're going <laughs> to have to deal with it. It's yeah, true. so. I'm with Christo. It's not the it's not the who the person is. It's the quantity, right? Because you know they don't come mm-hmm. at you one at a time in real life. They all they all come at you at once. And I no, I've never mm-hmm. even been in a fight, so I would lose regardless. <laughs> I you know something about yourself. You've never been in a fight. That's true. <laughs> You've never That's been punched in the face. I might be like amazing. Like you I might could be. I have like these like Matrix moves. Like mm-hmm. well, in the Matrix, he even says you do not truly know someone until you fight them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's true yeah mm-hmm. that's true i think uh i think both danae and i know the correct answer to this question uh which is you would much rather face 10 danae sized errands because aaron doesn't fight and danae does <laughs> uh, uh so danae has been away. martial artist trained uh i however will just walk away um so yeah. you can chase me down if you want but yeah but I the, kinda, t- the 10 danae sized errands will uh will, mm-hmm. will not be much of a, a much of a problem for you it's like one of those uh, those little things where they're like filled up with air and they have like the way at the bottom where you punch them and they just kind of keep coming back up. <laughs> it would be like 10 of those just yeah. slapping them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I do have to, you guys know I'm not as familiar with movies uh, as the guys are. So I might throw up some questions here that are to you very obviously silly questions. And I just am going to miss out on some context that is not asking the chat. To purposefully get me fired, now. but it's too late now. But here's By the way, from- I'm sure Barrett is standing, but I'm imagining he's sitting on a stool, which is very funny to me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, this one's from Elevator Patrick, down. who says, um, so someone can choose to answer this one. Can you name a better movie scene in any movie uh, than the questions seen in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Ooh, that's a good one. And I'll I counter, that before I'll counter with that. another question scene. And that is the scene between Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master. And but mm. you're right because that whole tennis thing is just fantastic. I'm sorry, no, it's 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 Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken in True Romance. And oh, it's so good. There's nothing it's even so good. That's oh, mine, man. I mean, the, the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards, maybe. Mm. Mm. The train station scene in Untouchables, maybe. Yep. The um. A hacking of the CIA in Mission Impossible. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think he was guess, trying to no, know who wrote point. that. I guess I took, I was thinking more just like actors, but that, that, well, that works for me. I think yeah. I guess I think if that's it was the right answer. Showdowns between actors, then I would always gravitate towards Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington and uh, Crimson Tide. 
That's a good uh, one. Uh, when, uh, especially when they are, their argument is about to come to a head and, uh, you know, Denzel ends up, uh, uh, you know, sending the captain to his, uh, his, uh, quarters because he can't be trusted anymore. Uh, I, I love that scene. They talk about two actors that you just, I mean, I could watch anything. Just, just rewatch do. that recently. Mm-hmm. That'd be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cinematography, my God. That movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to throw out uh, the uh, Harrison Ford versus the president in clear and present danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, how dare you come in here and bark at me like some junkyard dog? How dare you, sir? If you yeah. in clear and present danger, though, I'd go with the computer scene. Oh, that's good, too. With yeah. Helm and uh, what's his name for Mission Impossible? Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Journey. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I, the only thing I really like about any of the Kill Bill movies is that final scene between Bill and Uma where yeah. they have that conversation before yeah. all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't like Uma and Iv- Vivica A. Fox. I like that. Mm-hmm. Here's a question from Apathy. We are sending you back in time to save the world. Mm. Oh, I damn it. A movie to warn everyone. What kind of talent would you be looking for? How far back would we have to send you? What's the disaster? Here's a creative, a very creative explosion for us. This is not a good answer now based on the rest of the question, but the first thing I thought of is Home Alone 2 because then people could see Trump and mm-hmm. 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 and know to avoid him in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're in there, and he he would always show up. There was always like cameos. Yeah, for him yeah, for 90s. sure. Like little rascals, he shows up. Oh, he right. had an entire yeah. reality mm-hmm. show. <laughs> there's there's no yeah. excuse. So um, little rascals. When yeah. I was younger, I had this idea. It had no basis in science, uh, but I carried it for years of a story, a movie where. One day the sun just doesn't rise. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's ridiculous uh, because the sun doesn't really rise. The earth is spinning. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and so, but, um, you know, for fun, you know, I'd give that to Roland Emmerich and see what he could do. Um, and uh, I guess to, to actually solve that disaster, you'd have to. You'd have to basically do the core, right? Get the Earth core spinning again, and so yeah. we're going to need uh, we're going to need all the terrible actors that were in that movie. <laughs> they weren't all terrible. You <laughs> no, they were all good actors. Yeah, just a terrible but movie. nobody George does a Swank. sunrise like Tony Scott. So we'd have to go get one of those mother boxes and mm-hmm. bring back Tony Scott, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and get him hooked up with Bruckheimer. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Most beautiful sunrise ever. I would probably make a movie um uh warning about nine eleven. Um and um you know, I mean I don't know who I would get as far as talent is concerned. Charlie Sheen. This. Yeah, Charlie Sheen, obviously, because that <laughs> don't movie forget he about did, the Russian that, sugar baby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That nine eleven movie he did right. uh, will always be in our memories. Um but no, um I, I don't know what kind of talent I, I obviously get people who are serious and are good and respected and, you know, uh, you know, people who are unimpeachable and everything like that. But I feel like a lot of the, I think a lot of the, uh, you know, problems that we've been dealing with as a country, uh, can, you can trace back to that. Obviously there's some other things before that, that started happening, but you can trace a lot of the divisions in this country based on the nine 11, uh, uh, and everything and, and what happened afterwards. So I that's the like movie to, I would make. I would like to withdraw my silly answer. I know Chris had a great answer in yeah. light of that much superior answer. <laughs> and in all seriousness, for some reason I thought of Richard Jenkins, he could be like 
I don't know. Yeah. He's, I can't yeah. decide if we're answering the question by saying the movie we would make or like the script we would write. Like, you, you mean you like, which, well, I think, I think the intent of the question is in, in the real world, you've been given a time machine to save the world by going back in time and stopping an event that's already happened. Um, by making a movie. Yeah. By right. making a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So the movie would warn people. Yeah. Right, but are we? Uh, some of us are answering actors we'd hire, and some of us are answering mm-hmm. stories we'd tell. It's moot now because I've already killed the whole momentum. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. You're good. It's a question that has about four different questions in it. So yeah, to, well, I, was, to, I was the yeah. asshole that said Charlie Sheen after Chris was trying to be serious. We could talk so. about this for a day. Yep. And I'm never going to forget know. that. <laughs> I, I doubt you will. That's going down on your annual evaluation. Mention <laughs> oh, Charlie Sheen in any context. Well, this will this will help. Then this one's from Shady. Who's your favorite B team member, and why is it Jonathan? I'll tell you why. I know I've known Jonathan for over twenty five years. <laughs> that's so, that's, that's, that's a fair answer. It's a completely fair answer. Uh, WLV five forty says, "I know Barrett is a big Woody Allen fan. Thoughts on the Allen versus." Faro doc, Faro doc. My apologies if that's a loaded question. It's definitely a loaded question, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Is there a way to like just just touch on it? And have I <laughs> have I have I stepped in something really deep here that I don't know? <laughs> watched it, Barrett. I'm waiting yes. for Barrett. They yes. asked him, but I have thoughts. Yeah. Um, to be honest, uh, it's kind of like the Michael Jackson documentary, uh, and even the Tiger Woods. Sorry about my dogs. Uh, the Tiger Woods documentary, I don't feel like I changed any by watching this. I have the same, pretty much the same opinions as I did going into it. Uh, Not to say that it's not an important documentary, not to say that, you know, everything should be uh, believed and taken seriously. uh, But I I didn't have a change of mind or change of heart. Mm. Uh. Regardless of the actual topic, I felt the series was very heavy-handed, um, and that's all I want to say. There you go. There, there you, you go. go. Mm-hmm. Um, we get this question a lot. I think it changes over time, but it's one that comes up every time we do an AMA. So Jeremiah asks, um, what's one of your favorite videos that you've written on? So this can be just something recent. Um I, for, for example, I can think of several, uh, for myself, but one of the ones that I remember really enjoying was when I got to write my first truly pervy one that I was really proud of. It was about bush trimming in the Alita battle angel. And even though I struggled with the rest of the script, I was like, no, I have what it takes. Cause I just wrote an amazing one here. So, and I was just thinking about that, um, recently, cause I was wondering if we we're ever going to see a second movie, but yeah, there's diff- there's different ones that stand out, and um, I know it would be a lot. But if you listen to Behind the Sun's podcast, we uh, oftentimes will tell about the struggles and the joys of writing scripts um, in that time too, and the A team weighs in on that. And so I actually would like to go back and kind of listen because I know that there's some that I definitely was thrilled with, and then some that I was like pulling my hair out. And I think as time goes on, my perspective changes. But that's one that I was just thinking about earlier today. Aaron, uh, we know yours is nut job too. So uh, nut job too was an great. Um, mm-hmm. No, uh, it, I think today's right in that many times it's kind of the most recent ones. Um, 
Bad Times at the El Royale recently, which just dropped during Sin Week, was one of my favorites to write on. Like, it was just watching that movie and going in depth. And oh, I'm sorry, it's it's actually Battle of the El Royale. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> name, <so. laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I had a good time on that one. But then even right before that, Tenant, that was a big experience for me. Writing on Tenant was uh, a ton of fun and one of the most kind of complex writing experiences I've experienced. So that was mm-hmm. fun too. I, I had a I had a memorable memorable experience working with Jeremy on both the last two Spider Man movies. Those were a lot of fun to do because we're both Spider Man people, and it was just you know that was just fun to collaborate on. I will say, Saw Five, uh, despite the fact I watched five Saw movies, was uh, was really fun to work on though, and that was a really fun collaboration with Chris. And just the the what we put in, you guys have no idea what we put into that video. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. And it, I think it turned out really well. So I, yeah, that was kind of uh, one of those things where we went a little different with it. And I remember, vid- well, I remember with Saw Five. I remember Saw Five is that I had, I had like all the previous saws had sort of like drifted out of my head. I was like, I don't know what's supposed to be where yeah, we're supposed either. to be at at this point. And just refreshing myself on that, like, oh yeah, they talked about this all the way back in Saw One. That's weird, but then you had to do kind of do it like a TV series, you know. So that yeah, is Saw that is that is it's an impressive series in some ways. Like it's mm-hmm. the continuity aspect that it has is on on parallel. Yeah. Um, um, here's the, oh, does anyone have a want to weigh in on there? Go, I was just going to go through some some quick ones. Danae, I loved writing the Grinch with you that was a, that was a great experience i was going to say coming to america for jonathan tenant for aaron uh it always seems to come back to sinister with me and jeremy uh we've written many 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 of these obviously but that one always seems to come that's, back in the light that's my favorite video i still think and uh and for barrett uh batman v superman the ultimate edition i thought that was a, a fun uh, experience that was fun that was yeah. fun. coming to america was fun though i'm glad you brought that one up mm-hmm. yeah JC Davis asks, if you could go back in time and watch the premiere of any movie from before you were born, what would you go back in time and see? This is a super easy, locked and loaded answer for me. It's Psycho. Um, ah, to, nice. to, to see opening weekend of Psycho before like any of the... There's context in that movie that nobody gets anymore just because it's so known and, and so seen, uh, you know, the it's talked about, but it's not something you can experience. I would mm-hmm. love to go into that with a blank understanding of that movie and just watch that it. Would, oh, that would man, probably that be my answer. So, I, so it, since you took that, I'll go with, uh, maybe alien. No, I was born. No, wait, hold on. I was, I was alive when alien came out. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, shit, me too. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. I think that would be just, just to, just I can't imagine seeing that spectacle in mm-hmm. was that nineteen sixty two I think sounds right. Just seeing that talk about a four hour movie, almost four hour movie that deserves to be almost four hours. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jaws. Yeah, uh, yep. I was not born when uh, Jaws came out, and man, imagine seeing that in the theater for the first time without knowing anything about it. Oh. I would be riveted. I would be in that theater twenty times during its run. Mm-hmm. Denise yeah. about to take her headphones off. <laughs> All right, I'll say something Star Wars just because I can't think of anything else. All Wait, right, when were you born? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just oh, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna say anything that does not reveal my age. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great if you were like uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I want to see that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Pee Wee's yeah, Big Adventure. The Lion King. 
Um, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. That's right. That's right. Uh, I would. Uh, I was going to say Jaws, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna say The Godfather. Mm, no kidding, man. Mm-hmm. Man, yep. that would be delightful. I have no you- answer. See, we we have this interesting perspective because, like, we know what's a big deal. But what if you just picked something really crazy? Anyway, go ahead. What were you going to mm-hmm. say, Jeremy? <laughs> I mean, yeah. aliens should count, right? We were like three and four. How about, uh, how about I, this? I'm going to pick one for Jeremy. Okay, that's great. West Side Story. Oh, oh that's that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, Any you. of those William thank Castle you. movies would be fun too, like where they were shocking the audience and skeletons were flying down, like House on Haunted Hill or. The Tingler. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a real hoot. <laughs> All right. Here's one from Bryn W. Um, if you have to pair everyone in the Sins team up two by two, who do you think has the most matching slash similar tastes in movies? Oh, Jesus. I, I would, I would, I would assume Aaron and I would be paired because we both really enjoy animated movies, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And Chris and I will watch anything. Yep. Yep. That's true. Yeah, by movie uh, taste. That's a that's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh I always tend to think that Aaron and Jeremy have similar tastes. They do. Um uh and and then it and then it's Jonathan and I because we we watch everything like he said. Um and I know that leaves some stragglers because Barrett and Danae is not exactly equivalent either. Hey, so like, you and me. You know, um, so, I mean, that, that's where it starts. I think me, um, you, and Barrett all kind of, me, Chris, well, and Barrett kind of work together. When it comes to making the schedule and everything, I always tend to go on a case-by-case basis and just say, who is most likely to be in on this movie? Have I heard them talk about this movie before? Have they... Have they said anything, you know, are they passionate about this movie one way or the other, positive or negative? And uh, I try to get the people who have had experiences with that movie or have uh, or seem to uh, mold into that genre the best. So um, that's how I usually do it. So, yeah, you have to think about that a lot more than I think the rest of us do because you do the assignments. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, sometimes you might see, you might see three months where you're like, I haven't been paired with this person in forever. It's just because of the movies. Yeah. Don't read into it guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's one from Jeffrey who, uh, Jeffrey Michael Whitman, who asks, can you think of a movie where while you were sending it, you were like, Oh no, I think I hate this movie. So like we liked it before. Yeah. This, this is uh, who framed Roger rabbit all the way. Oh, um, I, I, uh, I, I, uh, was a kid, watched that movie in theaters, loved it, had a, had a, uh, tremendous, uh, sense of nostalgia for that movie. When it came around to sending it, I was like, whoa, whoa, there's a lot of things I just don't <laughs> like in this movie at all. Um, uh, sometimes you send a movie and you're like, oh, I like this a lot better, which is weird. But like, yeah, that was the one that stood out to me. So for me, it's, you know, I have an interesting experience with uh, going to movies. I've talked about Twister being the first movie I ever saw in a theater at like the age of 20 or whatever. Um, (laughs) And uh, and shortly after that, I went and saw The Hunchback of Notre Dame uh, and Mm. really had a good time. It was like one of the first three movies I ever saw in the theater. And I I remember (laughs) I remember being in there and turning to my wife and going, why are there so many children here? 
<laughs> just like because in my in my world i never went to movies as a child i didn't realize it was going to be all kids in this thing mm-hmm. uh anyways um so i had a good time and enjoyed the movie sinning hunchback was so it just destroyed that movie for me I, that movie is terrible you're so wrong, you are so wrong. god <laughs> so, i'm gonna come yeah, through so. this thing hang on which way are <laughs> you with you there Barrett, I'm with you, man. So that, but that that does happen sometimes. But there's also the thing where, like, as recently happened with Bad Times at the El Royale, where it makes a movie better sending it. Like you're, you know, looking at it closely, and the movie even gets better in your estimation. So, um, so yeah, it goes both ways. I would say next Thursday's sins video. Oh, <laughs> little tease. Yeah. I'm going to go to the schedule. <laughs> real quick, because <was, laughs> I know, was Gremlins one of those for you two? Or did you guys not like Gremlins before? I still like Gremlins. Oh, okay. Maybe um, it was Jeremy I talked to. I don't remember. I don't know. I thought maybe um, I'm misremembering that. I mean, I, mean I, I would say probably Gremlins hasn't improved with age or anything. Uh, but uh, I, I, I still like it. I still like Gremlins. I'll answer this one. Um, Phantom of the Opera, actually, because I really, really enjoyed. I'm going to talk about this at length on Behind the Sins. So I won't spend a ton of time, but I really enjoyed uh, listening to the album and then seeing it on Broadway. And when the movie came out, I was like, eh, you know, okay. But sending it, I it was it was rough. It, <laughs> it was. was really rough. It, it was. was. When you think about just all the nuances of a child being groomed to become a bride, it's just it really just sours everything pretty intensely. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Really yeah, for me, for me is probably I was going to say Spider Man Far From Home, but honestly, I didn't I didn't like that a whole lot when I saw it in the theater. So I don't think that was that big of a deal. Scream Two, maybe I still like Scream Two, but it was very easy to sin. I will say that that was one of the easiest. Like I think I had like an insane amount of sins for that one. Uh, here's one from Handquake for Jeremy and Aaron and Barrett, and now for Chris too. Is mm. it different writing for a vid video that you're going to narrate um, other than someone else's? Like, do you write differently for different narrators? Is one for the writing team? So just kind of a, um, has it changed how you write now that you are narrating essentially? No, um, I, I think ultimately you want to write the thing that's funny first before worrying about how it's going to come out of somebody's mouth. So, uh, I mean, sure, there are times where we we get to the video and you go through the narration and you're like, oh, that's not how I imagined that. Sometimes, and yeah. so you, you ask for a re- redo on those. But like, uh, no, I don't write any different. Yeah, the joke is first, right? Like the or the point or whatever. Like that's character. The, yeah, the character yeah. is first, and then you know there are. I think we all have different styles of delivery. Sometimes, like we'll you know put a little emphasis in a little different way, or have a little bit of different version of sarcasm, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But that's but that's done in the recording process, not in the writing process. So yeah. Mm-hmm. From a writer's perspective, I do hear the voices a little bit differently. Maybe not like because I. I can hear Jeremy's delivery and Chris's delivery and, and Aaron's delivery. And I haven't written for a music video since before, but I do sometimes think like, Oh, I think this is how Aaron would deliver this. So that's really the only thing, but it doesn't, cha- that's the only thing it changes is how would I write this joke? You know, uh, a dirty Ned Flanders versus, you know, R rated cursing or something like, cause sometimes I do try to like pull back a little bit on how I, 
Did you just present. say dirty Ned Flanders? That's Aaron. <laughs> 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 you know, because, you know, Aaron, he sometimes is like, oof, uh, I don't know that I would insult someone like that. And it's not Aaron. It's a character. But you still want to give him the ability to, like, act that out as he he, he doesn't want to get caught up in what he's saying. He wants I really to lean into out. the fucks when I write for Aaron. I lean into the fucks. <laughs> I well, you can lean into the fucks. He just uh, yeah, I want sure. all the fucks. I'm taking fucks from a different script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I'm yeah. We can, creating we can... different ways to connect the fucks you're just ex- <laughs> you're just explaining your writing process that has nothing yeah. to do with me <laughs> yeah i will say somebody who has written for barrett though um i just write a lot of shouting he likes to shout so yeah do I really yeah I yeah think, I mean, well you just you like you get worked up throughout it's it's that's your style man you just get kind of worked up throughout the video and so i do a lot of i get to have a lot of fun with that whereas when i was writing music video sins that jeremy narrated it was mostly writing how to pronounce uh, the singer's names and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Mm-hmm. Here's one from Tom Trainer who says, what do you find more enjoyable sending a movie that you've seen multiple times or sending a movie that you're watching for the first time while you're sending it? I, I, I like them all. I don't, I don't think I really have a good answer for that. Hmm. I, I, I'd say the first one. It's so much, it's so much more fun for me to send something like Starship Troopers or Pulp Fiction or, uh, you know, something that I've seen a million times and I can already kind of pre-plan the, the targets and you can really form what is the funniest to you at that point. Yeah. Because, because you know, the plot, you don't have to pay attention to the plot and sin the candles in the background or <laughs> the shoes on the wrong feet or what have you. So you can yeah. sort of mm-hmm. tune out the plot based attention and just focus on, I totally agree. It is helpful when you know, I will say it is helpful, like you're talking about, when you know there's twists coming and you can go ahead and send that stuff early on, whereas opposed to you don't know what's happening, then you have to go back and change a bunch of stuff that you wrote because you were wrong. Sometimes, though, Jeremy just leaves it in, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, He's like, too. I know I'm wrong here, but uh, <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, I already wrote, I spent 20 minutes writing this. It's going to be in here. <laughs> um. All right, everybody. It is time to talk about movie once again. Movie! Um, I was, uh, I was, uh, scrolling through it the other day and I ran across drugstore cowboy Gus Van Sant. Ooh, yeah. And that's right. Gus Van Sant, 1989 movie starring Matt Dillon, um, and Kelly Lynch and James LeGros and Heather Graham as these people who basically knock over drugstores. They do it in a, in a sort of a smash and grab kind of a way or, a you know, uh, tricky sort of way where they'll they'll you know have some drama in the front of the building and then and then matt Dillon goes in the back and crashes through and and you know there's no there's no rhyme or reason to what they're what what he's doing he's just going in there just opening drawers taking out a whole bunch of medicine and then leaving and if there's something Mm. good in there it's it's great if there's nothing good in there oh well they'll maybe find a way to use it later or something but Ultimately, the, all these guys are like very, very heavily into drugs as well. So they're not really just, they're not just, uh, surviving on selling these drugs. They're, they're, uh, Matt Dillon is, I, I think apparently on methadone the entire, uh, movie for, for mm. most of the movie. And, and, uh, a lot of his, it's not done in this tragic sort of way because it's, it's actually a movie. It's kind of funny for a while. Cause there's a yeah. lot of just like ridiculous stuff. Uh, there's a scene where Matt Dillon, 
they, they ask him, can we get a dog? And he's like, no, I can't get a dog. Can't get a dog. This, and they tell him why we can't get a dog. He has this big story about why the, why a dog is bad luck. And then he ends it by saying, and like, he's like, they're, they're like, was there anything else we need to talk about? And he goes, hats. He's like, I don't want to see a hat on a bed ever. And so there's like, there's like, what is this? What is this? It sounds so random. Um, and so, uh, so there's stuff like that that goes on. And then, and about halfway through it, uh, it looks like he's, he's hit a, a moment where he's like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So the movie is, uh, really good, really entertaining. Um, it's one of the Gus Van Sant's that I had never seen before and, uh, would not have seen it if it wasn't for movie. God, it's been forever since I've seen that movie, but I remember really liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like that uh, Gus Van Zandt guy. He's got, he's got yeah, a good man. eye. He's oh, got yeah. two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I found, I found it. I found the sole reason, if you needed one reason to get movie, right? You, mm-hmm. You've listened to to these ads before that, that we've talked about movie and you're like, I don't want another streaming service. I've got, you know, the other guy's. Uh, I don't want to add this on. Yes, you do. Uh, yes, you do. Because I watched, Jeremy, you liked Birds of Prey, correct? Yes, I do. And Chris, you enjoyed it, right? I did. Okay. Kathy Yan is the director of Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Her first film is called Dead Pigs, and it's on movie as an exclusive right now. So this is the reason that you need to sign up for movie is to watch this movie called dead pigs, especially if you enjoyed, uh, Harley Quinn, birds of prey, fantabulous emancipationists and Mm -hmm, stuff. mm -hmm. Dead pigs. I'm not, I'm not kidding. This is a great movie. This Hmm. is, uh, this is unlike anything I've seen before. It's got shades of, it's got shades of her work in birds of prey, especially from a color standpoint. Uh, it takes place in Shanghai, uh, this is a 2018 movie. Uh, it's got shades of Magnolia in terms of a uh, large and disparate uh, cast. Um, and it's it's absolutely delightful. It's a social satire, black comedy that's got plenty of drama in it. Set in Shanghai <clears throat> around this uh, this bumbling farmer and his sister, who's this amazingly uh acted uh character from Vivian Wu who's apparently a, a big deal in China and uh she's a hairdresser and owns her own salon and everything and she is taking a stand at the last house in this development that is coming up as part of the new quote new China and she refuses to leave so everybody from the corporation is going in there to try to get her to leave including an American dude uh that's that's trying to reinvent his career in American architect this movie is all over the place, and I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, it is funny. It is uh, a tearjerker. Uh, it's family-based, and it's got one of the best endings I think I've ever seen. Most the delightful mm. ending I mm. think I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, it, it, there's, it, I hate to you know, uh, compare an Asian director to another Asian director from a completely different country, but it reminds me a little bit of Parasite. But mm. almost the inverse of Parasite. And if you watch this movie, I think you'll know what I mean. Uh, but she is fantastic. This is the only movie that she did, only feature that she did before getting Birds of Prey. 
So you can imagine it had to be a stunner for people to say, all right, go ahead and take our, you know, our, our big old studio superhero thing. Uh, Kathy Yan is one to watch. Uh, she's very much like Chloe Zhao, um, where like I'm, basically going to watch anything that she does going forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that is a huge recommend. Uh, Go to Mubi, M-U-B-I dot com slash CinemaSins. And you remember how I said you don't need another, you need another streaming service because it's this one. You can do it for free for a month and you can validate my claim. So go to Mubi dot com slash CinemaSins. 30 days free, motherfuckers. Um, here's one from uh, Miss Ree B, who says, Brad Bird kicks ass on animation. What would you want to see Chris Nolan make in animation? Uh, an example would be, I'd like to see Nolan direct a She-Ra Wonder Woman mashup. <laughs> wow. Oh, there you go. She-Ra! But you're going to have to get some companies mm-hmm. to mix up there. I don't... Mm-hmm. You guys can think about that one. I want to say, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Miss uh, Miss Reed, but I really enjoyed the uh, She-Ra series. That I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think I'm you recommended sure. that on Behind the Sun. Really, really enjoyed that if you haven't seen it. Some delightful. Um, I don't know of any specific franchise or anything, but Nolan and the Wachowskis getting together would be a, a, a pretty dynamite mashup, I think. Uh, the Wachowskis always have the good concepts, but, um, I think no one could take one of their concepts and make it, uh, amazing. Um, uh, you know, uh, and they could, uh, uh, it would be, <laughs> I think it would just be cool if they, if they teamed up. That's good. This one's from Polly who says best car chase slash favorite car chase <laughs> or favorite movie. Is this an inside joke? Major, that I don't Matrix know about? Reloaded. Well, if, <laughs> no, they are, if they are referring to our Jeremy movie fight, with, if they are referring to our movie fights with honest trailers, where this question was asked, like, uh, what's, the best, what's the best car chase? And we said the correct answer, which was the French connection. <laughs> and honest trailers said the wrong answer, which was the Matrix Reloaded. Jesus, um, Polly, what did you just have me do? Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish I kind of wish Jeremy had been arguing that one because Jeremy came up with the best point about the Matrix Reloaded being not nearly as good, which was they made a set for that thing. Yeah, yep. and I never brought that up. I just said, "Hey, French Connection's real." They didn't even get permit yeah. for that. Um, but anyway, that's that's my favorite is French Connection. I'll tell you, I got one in the vein of French Connection, but one thing I'll speak to on that Matrix Reloaded that's funny to me is that same summer you had Terminator 3. That had a better car chase mm, mm. than Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, mine and, uh, came out a couple years after the French Connection. It's also got Roy Schneider in it. It's a movie called The Seven Ups. Highly recommend it. If, and I, know it's, I don't know how easy it is to watch, but I can't remember the name of the guy that's driving, but he's a legit stunt driver, I believe. And Richard Lynch, the actor, is riding with him. And that scene is so realistic that in the scene, Richard Lynch looks like he's about to vomit. And it's like genuine, like he is terrified. Um, and it's just it's it's so good. The one in the French Connection that's hard to argue with. I mean, I, I don't know how not to pick that one. Bullet, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but uh, maybe the Deadpool when the little remote control cars chasing them. Yeah. I'm just joking about that one, by the way. Right. Yeah. Totally. What about Mitchell? Mitchell. Mitchell. 
where no one will be seated. <laughs> so they, 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 in the Mystery Science Theater, they point out how slow it is. Like, just yeah, how, yeah. It's the audience, right? action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I learned, a, so you guys know I'm kind of learning about just breaking movies apart and thinking about them in these different ways that you guys have been doing for a long time. But I remember having a conversation about, oh, it was a Mission Impossible movie. And I don't remember which one, but the, what stands out for me in the car chase kind of thing was that everyone was talking about how well it was put together, which was my first time to think about how important it is to put, to put a chase scene together and help you realize where they're going and how cleverly they showed the maps. And then they kind of, somehow you can sort of keep up with where the chase is moving. And then I started to pay attention to other car chase scenes in other movies where it's just this like cut, 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 cut craziness. I never realized how much that does impact your ability to enjoy a chase scene and think about things like how it's shot. And so then I started looking up a uh, really clever ones and I'm not going to remember any of the movies or names because that's just what I do, but like how they actually like move cameras into cars and out the other window and, like move them underneath things and get these different shots. It's really, really fascinating. And uh, I didn't know at the time, but the one that we talked about for Mission Impossible was one that everybody was raving about. Uh, yeah, I wish I could you remember that, which one it was. I know there was that, a motorcycle as well, but that's well, probably you may be very thinking normal. Of Children of Men. Maybe there's a really some really interesting one takes. Oh, uh, motorcycle would be Fallout, probably. Right, because he goes. Oh, you're, so the, you're asking which Mission Impossible or, or Mission Impossible Two? Isn't there? I mean, not, that's not good. But there's probably there a car chases everywhere. In, yeah, in we would Impossible, not have so. probably brought up how good a car chase scene was in Mission Impossible Two. <laughs> no, I'm saying <laughs> I thought there was a big motorcycle sequence in that. But movie. I'm assuming it's Fallout that she's talking about. Yeah, probably. You made me think about uh, Extraction, um, which, granted, I like more than most of the people here, but um, it has that one taker, uh, that oneer. Uh, in the middle, that's one uh, take. Yeah, quote, <laughs> yes, correct. Quote unquote, one take. Uh, that goes from like a car chase to a foot chase to you know, it, like it, it hits all the chase cliches, but it does it you know, kind of in that uh, that one shot. I really enjoyed that. I thought that that's was, the only. That's, that's really the only standout from that entire movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Here's one from Cal Baldwin. Um, which movie character would you want to put in a different movie that has a similar location or theme? So. Here's the example that Cal gives uh, the character of one night in Miami in bad times at the El Royale or Ted in Paddington. Oh my two. God. So this kind of an interesting sort of take one out and switch them around and think about how the character would impact another movie. Does anyone have one? Maybe Jeremy, do you have one that popped into your brain? Oh, I'm glad you called on me. Thank you. <laughs> it was your expression. <laughs> it was, uh, it like, it sounds like what he's me. doing is the, almost thematically, right? Because one night in Miami all takes place in a hotel room. Bad times at the El Royale is also like right. in a hotel room. Ted's a, a bear. Paddington's a bear. Right. Like it's yeah. kind of matching the themes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I would take I would let Chris go. <laughs> um yeah, there was uh, there were there were uh, dueling magic movies back in 2006 where sure. you had uh, the illusionist uh, Edward Norton and then you had uh, Christian Bale <laughs> and uh and uh, Hugh Jackman for uh, the Prestige and uh it would be nice to see Edward Norton uh switch over into <laughs> yeah. the Prestige somewhere. Definitely. Uh, Good. And uh, be a rival in that. There was also a third magic movie called Scoop, which was Woody Allen came out oh. that same year. That had Hugh Jackman in it. Yeah, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, right? And is Scarlett Woody Allen in that? Yeah, Woody Allen was in that. Is he, is he was okay. he in that? Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just once. looking 
for a robot outtake. And so I was looking at like funny robot moments in movies or TV shows. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I would do Wally for the Johnny Five one. Because <laughs> oh. they're both look the same. Nice. Yeah. 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 Johnny number five loves Eva. I know this is is kind of a popular thing on Twitter, like one of the things that's been going around, but like it would be funny to like, you know, put the Muppets in like Eyes Wide Shut or like a Friday the 13th movie. (laughs) You know, I mean, just Kermit walking around in Eyes Wide Shut. (laughs) It's like, oh, they're fucking over there. They'd be like, they'd be the camp counselors in a Friday the 13th movie. I mean, you know, just. You'd have have Rolf at the piano instead of uh, Nick Nightingale (laughs) with a blindfold on. Somebody was asking me today, like, what would be like your. was asking you guys, what would be your heist team? Yeah. And I was thinking, like. I was thinking like Jason Voorhees would be a good muscle. So like put Jason Voorhees like in heat or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to uh, see Gone Baby Gone with the Wind um, where uh, you combine uh, Ben Affleck into a, a movie where Scarlett O'Hara uh, is trying yeah. to save a child. In yeah. Danger. Yeah. I'm with you, we'll, we'll, double, no. we'll double that with <laughs> oh, singing, singing in the Rainmaker. Yes, love it, yeah. love it. He could have done Gone Baby, Gone Girl. I mean, yep. that would have been. Oh, oh that's the same person. Double mm-hmm. Affleck. Well, I, I was trying to change it up. No, but it's Casey is the actor in Gone Baby. Oh, that's true. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, there's Gone a Baby Driver to a movie. Oh, that I wish somebody I just seen. said Gone Baby, Gone Girl. I stole their answer. I'm sorry. I didn't even read that. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's time to talk about Better Help. Better yes. Help. Better Help. I tell you what I've been enjoying about BetterHelp uh, recently is the communication, man. I go back and forth. I only have, you know, what weekly, you know, somewhere around there uh, appointments with my therapist. But we've been going back and forth on the message board in my counseling room over and over and over again, asking about, you know, how how she's doing, how I'm doing. Uh, she has passed along some like inventories that would help me. Uh, it's It's fantastic. And as you see now, uh, everybody's moving to virtual doctor's visits, whether it's, you know, physical pain or malady, whether it's, you know, an illness or whether it's mental illness. Uh, everybody's moving in this direction. BetterHelp has firmly planted their flag there. And it's it, it, all these licensed professional counselors that are available after you sign up, you answer a few questions and boom, you get matched within 24 hours or so. And you're you're in the business. You're 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 there. You're there to be well, and it's awesome. I uh, here's Jeremy's uh, mental health uh, therapy tip uh, for the week, and that is to take notes. Um, mm. And uh, I'll tell you what I mean by that. I don't I don't mean take notes during therapy. Although, hey, go for it. Um, <clears throat> your therapist is taking notes during therapy usually, um, so that they're able to refer back to things you've said in future sessions. But a, a, a lot of people who are in therapy don't come to therapy prepared. Uh, and what I mean by that is a lot of times uh, I'll be having a conversation with my wife and one of us will go, oh, I wonder if that's something I should talk to my therapist about. Uh, and when that happens for me, I write that down. Um, so oh, that yeah. when I see my therapist, I go, hey, here's the thing I was talking about. And I wondered if it was something we could discuss. Uh, you don't have to relinquish control of uh, your part of directing your therapy. Um, It's your therapy. 
mm -hmm. your therapy, your therapist is trained uh, and and certainly can guide you when you are rudderless. But uh, take ownership of your own therapy and take notes throughout the week, the month, whatever it is between sessions, so that you go into that next session prepared uh, and you can get more work done. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's a good Jeremy tip right there. There you go. Write it down, <clears throat> kids. I tell you what, I found myself, and I still find myself, despite how much you hear me talk on this podcast, I still find myself apologizing to my therapist for talking too much. For uh, I, don't, I don't know, Jeremy, if this has ever happened to you, but I'm like, oh, man, I'm dominating this conversation. How are you? <laughs> and uh, my therapist, God bless her, is just like, you're paying me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and i was like oh yeah okay so uh yeah i do kind of feel weird about it but you know that's that's what it's there for and uh yeah this this service couldn't be better and it couldn't be more easy uh from the comfort of your own home from phone tablet uh computer um you know vr device i'm just kidding about that but that would be really cool um all that stuff uh go to better help h-e-l-p dot com slash syncast get 10 percent off your first month first month is critical get your get don't stick your toe in just jump right in jump right in to uh counseling uh you can really get some things done for stress anxiety depression sadness anger all that stuff man get in the pool with the rest of us betterhelp.com slash syncast do it right now uh, here's one from Tyler. Um, can you either talk about a TV, uh, the TV show that once you watch the pilot or an episode, you have to watch all of them or just in general, we can talk about how great the newsroom is. <laughs> Are you, is he saying like something you've seen before or when you, like when you watch the pilot, Sucked you were just the like, pilot. Um, like, I mean, like lost, lost, right? The, yeah, lost is the answer. answer. Yeah. Maybe. Really? They didn't suck. Um, for me, it was the good place, and that was unexpected because I really didn't sure. think I would enjoy it. But then I'm like, like what the heck is going on here? And you just want to watch the next one, and then you know it, it was very cleverly put together. So that was one. Aaron was going to do Lost. I will say, what was all of a sudden? I can't remember the name of it. What was the one with Joshua Jackson and Oh Fringe? Fringe, yeah. yeah. Fringe had me, too. which is J.J. Abrams, but yeah. that had me from the pilot. Anyway, uh, yes, all those are good answers, actually. Mm -hmm. Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking sure. Bad. Yeah, That's a good yeah. choice. In fact, Breaking Bad's first five minutes made me want to watch the rest of the whole yeah. good series. Call. I got to go with Euphoria. Euphoria mm -hmm. got yeah. me with the mood, the music, the story, the acting. Oh, I want to watch that series over again. Uh, again. I've been told to watch that one many times, and I'm debating on whether I want to go into it or not. But Man, we can talk good. about that later. Uh, here's There's a lot of dick. There's a lot of peen. There's a lot of pain out there. It's true. Okay with I, it, hey, true. I'm just giving her a heads up. There's, it's usually well, it's usually flaccid. Free <laughs> sometimes free the pain. That's great. That's great. Sometimes. We need to see more flaccid penis. Uh, mm -hmm. Daniel Bradley asks, Barrett, you have to recast the two main roles in Whiplash. Who do you choose? Muppets. <laughs> I've thought about this before, actually, and I don't know if the ages uh, line up because uh, I think one's too young at the time, one's too old. But John David Washington and Morgan Freeman, I think, would be excellent in those roles. I think Morgan Freeman could turn into his. Uh, is it lean on me? Uh, that that he yeah, was the, the principal uh, Joe, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and John David Washington, man, this this dude can do anything, and I think he could get himself into drumming shape, and I think that would be awesome. Mm, yeah. Um, here's one from Tom Trainer who says, "What movie do, did you hate 
after having it recommended to you by multiple people. <laughs> That's always the worst. That is hate, the worst. I don't know if I have one that I hate, but I'm not a gravity fan. And every Oof. single person, including everyone Oof. here, pretty much, uh, just raved about that. And maybe that was part of the problem. Did you see yeah, it in the sometimes theater? Sometimes that happens. I did. Yes. Okay. Just yeah, you're so wrong. I'm sorry. No, I, I, well, like, I don't even know that I really dislike. Just, I just wasn't that into it. It just didn't do anything for me. You're not going to believe this movie was recommended to me, but I was working at a theater. And of course, the you uh, theater employees and people you work with have a, a wide range of tastes and everything. But White Chicks was recommended wow. to me. Wow, I haven't seen uh, that. And uh, I watched White Chicks and uh, was not was not impressed at all. Um, I did not I did not like that movie. Yeah, I had a coworker at Hollywood Twenty Seven. Strong, hard recommend Red Planet. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I know who you. I know who you I know you do. You're out there, buddy. Uh, but I only found out after watching Red Planet this dude had been high on fucking shrooms when he watched that movie, mm-hmm. and I was not. And that movie mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just like that Chris said I was not very impressed. Like that was, I just, I just picture him watching White Chicks like with his arms like crossed. This is not impressive. Mm. White Chicks, you say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Terry Crews is is remarkable, but the rest of the movie is awful. My younger sister nodding down notes. My younger sister <laughs> loves White Chicks. Just to show oh, you how course. great her taste yeah. is in movies. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting so um I had all of my questions kind of queued up and then enough time passed that all of a sudden it just went totally away. So, I'm kind of catching up in chat a little bit and seeing some requests to answer a Steven Seagal thing. Again, I could be stepping in some major shit here and I apologize in advance. Um this one is replace Steven Seagal with a favorite character in your favorite film. Who is he playing and how does it ruin the film? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it ruins every film, right? Is that the joke? So, Steven, Steven Seagal as Donald O'Connor in uh, Singing in the Rain. Um, <laughs> doing, uh, be doing, doing like karate make, kicks. Make, and make him laugh uh, scene. It's just going to be amazing. Steven so. Seagal and Back to the Future, man. Playing Marty. Why? Uh, I don't even know what my favorite movie anymore is. One I've been leaning towards lately, though, is Witness for the Prosecution. So, I guess Steven Seagal is Charles Lawton. Yeah, minus the Matrix. So Seagal might actually blend in fine if you put glasses and a dark suit on him because he knows the martial arts. Seagal has made a few quite good movies. I guess if he was going to ruin it, I'd have to cast him as Morpheus. Well, that would ruin the film. (laughs) But he could still do the martial arts. Mm -hmm. He could be the Oracle. (laughs) (laughs) Could be the Asselvengian. (laughs) <laughs> I'd have to put him as uh, Michael Corleone in uh, The Godfather. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to oh God. even uh, think about that. I could put him. I could put him in the I mean, shark as Jaws. He's pretty. He's pretty close to Brando's uh, like uh, uh, talk, like talking speech, basically in Godfather. Because uh, just think about it. He, 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 oh, I'm going to I'm gonna give him an offer. He can't refuse. You know, it's the same fucking thing. Mm. <laughs> Under Siege 2, by the way, underrated movie. Go ahead. Here's a one from Josh Zero. Ted 2 reminded me, can each of you talk about a movie that you've walked out on or gave up on? Mm. I only did this one time ever. 
even as a, um, you know, especially when you're a movie theater projectionist and you're trying to make sure everything is good for the next day and everything, you don't want there to be any mistakes or whatever. But there was one movie I, I, I was like, if there's a mistake in this movie, so be it. Um, they'll, they can fix it tomorrow or I'll fix it later. Uh, it was Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> the movie with Jeremy Irons and, uh, and uh, Thora Burke so and then Marlon Wayans. And uh, it was it was a singularly horrible experience. I got about halfway through the movie and I uh, uh, basically what I did was I turned everything off on the projector and just let it run, like let, let the film run the rest of the night. And it would have been, you know, power would have still been on the projector in the morning when they came. But fuck it. I wasn't I wasn't going to watch. <laughs> I wasn't going to watch the rest of it. It was that bad. I uh, 2013, I had just entered into like officially movie critic, going to see every movie review it all kind of mode there right around that time. And I went and saw uh, The Green Inferno. Uh, Eli oh, man, I haven't seen it. It may be, it may be the only movie I've ever walked out on, but I was just like, I don't, I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to do this. I don't uh, need this. In and, my life. and honestly, from that moment on, I kind of gave myself more permission not to see movies that I knew I wasn't going to have a good experience with. Oh. It was actually overall a good turning point for, you know, kind of what I do, but I was, you know, uh, yeah, I was just like, nah, I'm out. How uh, far did you get? Just out of morbid curiosity. Half an hour, maybe. I mean, it doesn't take long before you're no. like, oh, that's what this movie is. Yeah. yeah. All right. I've always no. avoided like the Italian cannibal films from the 80s and stuff. But what I've heard is that this is very light compared to those, but it's still like just disgusting. But I don't know. I haven't seen it. So, yeah, I put it out of my mind pretty quick. So uh, I don't even really remember. I but. walked out of Batman v Superman before it was over. Um, not halfway through or anything, but just in that I know we're almost done and I'm over it kind of way. And my buddy came out after and said, dude, the dirt around his grave started floating in the air. And I was like, shocker. <laughs> I was not upset that I walked out. Yeah. Yeah. Which ends up meaning nothing. Sorry. Nothing. <laughs> I was going to say one thing I have in common with Gene Siskel is we both walked out of black sheep with uh, Chris mm. Farley and David Spade. Oh. Mm. I just, and it was just one of those things. It was like, uh, I was like, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. I don't need to be watching this. And I did sit through Beverly Hills Ninja, oddly enough, but, uh, uh it's not an unwatchable It's better than movie. Black Sheep from what I remember. Um, I tried but, to walk yeah. out of two towers, uh, but my cousin begged me to stay. And so it was a little bit of a public display. But my favorite part of Lord of the Rings, like my most favorite part is the return to the Shire because it's just such a beautiful, like it's it's what I feel one of the big themes that Tolkien was writing about, which is that the hobbits had so many times to uh, exact revenge and they chose not to. And so they really uh, like the whole like, just the whole ending thing of them getting back to the Shire and showing that whole story arc to watch Wormtongue stab Saruman on top of that tower. I was just like, 
oh no you did it i was so pissed <laughs> i was such a hardcore book fan and i stood up and i was like i cannot watch this like that's it you just literally lobbed up my like there's no coming back now and i'm like having this like crisis that's... in the theater and my cousin god bless bianca she just grabs me and she sits me down she's like please i want to watch this movie that's <laughs> and, one of those you know. that they didn't need to change that you're like why did they change that i know that I know that Saruman shows up later when they go to the Shire and they have this one last battle or whatever, but like, yeah. you didn't, you didn't need to have that. I mean, just because, yeah, you didn't need to change that just so that you didn't have to have that later. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But you know, then I watched all of the making of, and it took me and I, I'm not exaggerating. It took me a long time to come to terms with what they had done. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then, uh, but watching the extended version, I really learned a lot about filmmaking process and how, my God, it would have been the longest movie ever if they would have kept everything in. So I get it. I get it. And I've made peace. Um, here's one from Jibokwa. I don't think I said that right. In fact, I know I didn't, and I apologize. <laughs> I was just trying to have fun. <laughs> Bourgeois. Barrett. <laughs> you okay, Barrett? <laughs> Uh, lots of people have been. <laughs> you broke Barrett today. I know. Good job. <laughs> lots of people have been catching up on the classics recently. What's a classic that you've watched or rewatched recently that has not aged well? Example: Breakfast at Tiffany's. All of them. No. Balderdash. <laughs> the 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 Mickey Rooney thing. Yes, I understand. But the rest of Breakfast at Tiffany's is fantastic. Oh my god, Hepburn <laughs> in that movie. Yes, in a good way. Oh my God! Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's yeah. she's just so uh, Holly Golightly, right? Mm -hmm. that, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Nearly every comedy uh, that has come out since two thousand. I mean, it's not really that long ago. Um, nope. I mean, The Hangover, Wedding Crashers, um, Super uh, Bad, Super Bad. All these have things that were generally accepted by mainstream audiences that you watch now. You're like, oh shit, they couldn't do that now uh so um so yeah nearly every comedy that we consider classic right now and then if you it gets worse the further you go back yeah i was gonna say revenge of the nerds yeah revenge of the nerds and uh porkies and all these movies just have absolutely insane things that were considered so funny uh, damn and uh and uh you know and uh, uh what um uh pretty in pink um 16 uh, candles maybe 16 candles is the one 16 candles is the one where you know th th this was a major trope in the 80s right like a boyfriend who's like i got my girlfriend drunk go ahead and have sex with her and that was like a thing uh in in these in these movies they were so funny to have that happen i, um, I, I still can't believe they bang the gong every time <laughs> they show yeah long duck dong <laughs> yeah i know it's just like you just watch that now, you're like what the hell man mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> So I've been watching a lot of uh, classics during pandemic, and I'm kind of working my way through some I feel like I, I should have seen or don't remember seeing. And I'm in the, the 50s, and uh, it's pretty much every movie. There's a scene or two where I'm like, OK, um, but White Christmas has an entire blackface number in it. Mm. And I was not ready. Like I was like, I couldn't believe like I, I fast forwarded through some. I just I was so well, uncomfortable. And wait I was, a minute. 
Are you sure you don't mean Holiday Inn? I, I mean Holiday Inn. Holiday sorry, sorry, sorry. Not White Christmas. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> okay. Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy, I know how much you love White Jeremy. Christmas. Okay. This, like, this is, like, I, this is, is one of my favorite movies. Singing in the Rain has an entire blackface. No, I, I totally understand. I'm so sorry. No, Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Let me say it again. Holiday Inn. It is does the movie have I am a song in. White Christmas in it. No, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I, yes. Sorry, I got those two confused. <laughs> Uh, absolutely talking about Holiday Inn. And yes, there's an entire blackface routine um, in uh, in Holiday Inn that just, I, I couldn't believe it. But I mean, you know, that's, that is, time goes on. To your credit, White, Chris, White Christmas does have an entire number about minstrel shows. Correct. Which yes. is not necessarily a lot better. It's a lot I think better. It's, it's not great, but it's a lot better. It's a <laughs> like, lot better, but it's not above reproach correct correct that's what i meant to say yes there you go yeah by the way turner classic movies anyone who's interested and has access to that i think it's on thursday nights and they just started at the beginning of the month they're actually doing this holiday inn made me think of this because that's one of the movies and i think they're doing it for a couple months where they're tackling movies that have uh issues you know dated issues to them like gone with the wind stuff like that and they're and they're talking about them and it's i don't know it's pretty it's pretty fascinating Here's something from Cece that I think I would like to speak to. Uh, Cece says, is there something you admire from uh, any other member of the team, but haven't found the space to say to them? Oh, that's sweet. One of the cool things about uh, the team is, you know, the guys have all been friends. We've all kind of, well, we've all worked together now for over a year, but um, everyone's really good about expressing concern for each other and care for each other. Jeremy checks in with us regularly. Uh, mm-hmm. Bear, we all we all check in regularly. We we work so closely together, even though we're apart. Um, we're constantly communicating, and uh, it's it's a really cool thing. And I'm glad that you asked that question because we don't talk about like our staff dynamic and how things kind of work. Because I'm pretty sure that might be more boring than our fun opinions about movies and stuff. But just kind of a peek behind the scenes, we spend a lot of time talking to each other, and um, I know I personally feel really. Uh, full about what I do and not shallow compliments like, you know, Hey, blah, 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 but real like specific stuff. You did really good on this, or we really appreciate this about you. And so, yeah, it's a really fun team to work for. So I would hope that nothing has been unsaid, but the cool thing is that if it does need to be said, I think like it's just door open policy. Everyone's really open and comfortable talking to each other. Yeah, I love um, when we do BTS every Friday, we'll have like, I don't know. I feel like we have like 30 minutes of therapy every friday morning <laughs> no that's true you're not wrong in a, in a good way in a very mm-hmm. positive yeah. way it's just, we get totally. to let stuff off our chest about what's going on in our lives and uh it's just it's been fun getting to know danae and aaron over the last couple of years so yeah totally good question uh turd ferguson asks uh nice. we've heard a lot of theater stories did any of you actually work in a video store hmm. any good stories from there hmm. um i had sex in just about I should not have said that. Too late now. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Is, All the way this in, is baby. like what I did last Sin Week. All the way. All the way. Did I break Sin Week? You can't just, you can't just put the tip in. Here. Were you talking about the penis size thing you did at last? <laughs> yeah, last week, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like confidently I defending used that penis size. I cold open for the, for the bloodshot <laughs> mini pod. Oh, I worked at Blockbuster for a while. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that that made my day. Hey, Jeremy in Tennessee. <laughs> which one? Which one? Oh, I don't think I've been to that one. <laughs> I need to visit. There <laughs> no. any more. So when I saw that uh, that documentary, the last blockbuster, uh, the one that's in Oregon, Jeremy's probably fucked there before. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to have like this pilgrimage to what is now some other uh, store and just be like, hey, we're here just to look around. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it for that question. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, Barrett, actually, did you have a story about uh, yeah, video? Barrett, tell us about uh, your. You know uh, what? Uh, I, it's, a, it's kind of a weird story. Uh, I worked at Hillwood Video, uh, which is oh, in yeah. West Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the Walmart. And I worked there for four days because I got a better offer, paid more money at the Hollywood 27. <laughs> and so that was my journey to uh, movie theaters through uh, video. And our, my manager was pissed off when I left after four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not have sex in the Hollywood. No, I did in the in the Hillwood video. I did not. Well, there's a Hollywood video, too, so that gets confusing. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. Just, I worked at Blockbuster. Just to come back with that is just so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay, I'm gonna, thinking about it. I'm gonna. I'm still laughing uh, about Chris saying he was not. Uh, he, he was not impressed with the white chicks. That's that's gonna come back to me for sure. Many many times. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I'm gonna assume you just want me to move on, uh, Jeremy. So I'm going to. Um, this one's actually emailed in. This is from Stephen, who says. Um, what one Oscar uh, travesty do you wish you could change? And what Oscar travesty do you wish people would stop talking about? Mm. I'm sorry. It's pronounced traversity. Are you, saying, <laughs> you, you, you thought somebody you. else should have won or like an actual like crazy incident that happened? Kick you no, out, you, you thought somebody else should have won. Okay. Uh, and then there's others where they won and people won't yeah. stop talking about it. And you're just like, I'm fine with it. I, I will say the one that bugs me still to this day is that, and I, especially now that I'm older and I really think back about it, Al Pacino and Denzel Washington are probably my two favorite actors or they're right up there. I mean, they're right up there, especially modern actors. Um, Al Pacino getting the, like, we've got to give them one for sin of a woman. Mm-hmm. Not that he's bad in sin of a woman, but it's a Denzel, makeup Oscar. Washington played fucking Malcolm X yeah. in one of the greatest performances ever. And he lost mm-hmm. to Al Pacino in Sin of a Woman. They they nominated Pacino twice that year because yep. they knew they were going to give it to him. And Gl- Was uh, Glenn Gary just, the other one? Well, yeah, would have preferred they just give it to him yeah, for Glenn Gary. And then, you know, uh, you, you can see these maneuvers. You know that I, I don't know how that voting works uh, exactly, but you know you know they are told beforehand we want we're we're very strongly considering wanting this to happen so be sure that you put that in or whatever but uh one of the biggest all time i've never stopped harping about this since um i saw do the right thing but that didn't even get nominated for best picture it got nominated for screenplay and it got nominated for danny aiello um uh the movie itself, I mean, didn't get nominated and driving Miss Daisy is the one that wins. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's one of the worst uh, Oscar travesties there is. Um, in 2010, the King speech beating either the social network or inception is insane to me. Uh, and I think over time, social network has, 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 uh, gotten an even, uh, higher esteem, uh, by people over the years. Uh, I don't think anybody gives a fuck about the King speech. It's just, uh, you know, and no, how many it, times do you watch that movie? I've, yeah, I've still never seen it. It is you, you, it's not the same level as what you would watch social network over, over the years. Um, the one that I don't know if there's too many that people are like, Oh, that's a travesty. And I'm like tired of hearing it. But Marissa Tomei winning for uh, my cousin, Benny was considered sort of a, uh, an upset, I guess, but her category, I mean, wasn't, I mean, it had Vanessa Redgrave in it. It had um, Miranda Richardson. There was a lot of legends in there, but Marissa Tomei's performance in that movie has endured. I believe we'll talk uh, about a comedy that years. still, still holds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that movie's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Academy, uh, rarely gets the director thing right. Like that that's the one like Hitchcock not having any director wins, Kubrick not having any like it's just it's one of those interesting things for me to see how many great directors never win an Oscar for best director. Who beat um, Hitchcock though when Rebecca won? I I don't know. He was nominated he was nominated like four or five times, yeah. but um but yeah, he never he never won one. Um so yeah, that always stands out to me um Curious case of Benjamin Benjamin Button getting like thirteen nominations. I, I'll never understand that. As long as I live, I don't understand that one. But uh, but yeah, other than that, it's it's the basics. You know, Saving Private Ryan getting beat by Shakespeare in Love and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, here's one from Luke. And hey, Aaron, let me know how long we're going to. Because we, I, I don't know that I have the answer to that question here for like six years. <laughs> uh, here's one from Luke who says, what are some of the coolest things that you've gotten from fan mail? Um, I will give you guys some time to think about this. I saw it and I went and grabbed it. It's this card that I got at sin week last oh, cool. year from Madison, um, who wrote me this really sweet message, uh, essentially, which was this kind of cool moment where I was feeling a little bit of out of place as the new person on the team and we all um, met at the movie theater to watch a movie and we're all kind of standing around. And I just wanted to take a couple pictures. And so I asked her, I was like, would you take a picture with me? And turns out that was a really important thing because she was feeling out of place too. And so she just wrote about how that gave her a sense of confidence and not feeling alone. And it was uh, kind of a reminder that sometimes you think you're the only one feeling a little out of place and it just grabs somebody beside you and say hi and kind of interact. And so I just really appreciated that a lot. So this is one of my favorite things I've gotten. One of my favorite things I've gotten are uh, Jonathan's Rolos. I love these coasters. I think we all got one of these coast, uh, coasters. Yeah, um, those are from Pez. Yeah, those are really cool. Um, yeah, and people will send like we talked about Smarties and somebody sent us uh, like whatever the Canadian version of Smarties is. Um, so, yeah, that's fun stuff. Love that kind of stuff. Mets cast sent me some Las Vegas Raiders stuff, which I, I still got to get. Nice. From Chris, but I, that was awesome. You guys are so sweet. Mm-hmm. We do appreciate yeah. it. I mean, yeah. nearly everything that I've gotten at the at the uh, P.O. box. There you go. That's that a good yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's Jacob's uh, handiwork oh, there. Mr. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, there have been, there are people who have, have sent in like, you know, 
uh, uh, letters and Jeremy, who I know doesn't want to broadcast this necessarily, but it's a good deed. He's given stuff to schools and, uh, and Mm -hmm. schools have written back and saying how much they appreciate, uh, his, his help, uh, with giving them pencils and, and, uh, paper and things like that, notebooks and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, those are always uh, like just when you open them up, you're like, oh, my God, this is so um, like amazing to be experienced to read this and experience this and then being able to share it with everybody else uh, later is uh, is a, a great experience. Yeah, so. this, this world does not deserve Jeremy, by the way. And <laughs> it's just uh, and I know all you guys love them. Obviously, they're listening to this. But yeah, no. <sighs> He's amazing. Yep. I think this is a, a beautiful place to kind of bring us, uh, you know, towards an end of what we're doing here, simply because it kind of connects this whole thing together, right? Like the fact that um, we get to spend it together in this way as, uh, you know, once a year with Sing Club and that kind of stuff. And just the the relationship that, that you invest in us is humbling and wonderful. And we're just, we're so thankful for you guys and uh, appreciate you quite a bit. So I don't know if, you know, if, everybody else on the team as we kind of close out the last virtual event has any words they want to say, but, um, but yeah, I'm <laughs> mine would just be much love. I would say, on a <clears throat> question, but that's, okay. I would say all of these other people are amazing human beings. Um, and I have seen Chris help fund independent movies more than once. And I have seen great heart in all of them. And I um, appreciate compliments but they all deserve them as well so. oh thanks man mm-hmm. it's also awesome because we feel like uh you guys are very similar i've actually had many conversations with many of you about ways that you're helping the community too and especially this last year it's just been such a strange year um i saw in the chat many people saying that they hadn't had an opportunity to be social until now for almost a year and this community is something that extends beyond just our live uh, hangouts You can join our Discord. We have a really active Discord with some fantastic people, lots of different channels you can join. You can chat on Patreon. So there's lots of ways to stay connected. So um, I guess from all of us, thank you guys so much for joining us for the final kind of moment of Sin Week 2021. Thank you so much for making it successful. Uh, And please be (laughs) ready. We will be at... (laughs) <laughs> he made it. We will be asking oh, for your guys' feedback. Oh, okay. <laughs> the chat has been requesting it. So Barrett I know, is. Uh, yeah. They love Barrett puppy is. cam. My puppies aren't in here today. I kicked them out. Oh, oh, William oh, Perry. Oh, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to be asking you guys for your feedback um, shortly. So just be watching Patreon. That's just an opportunity for us to say, what did you like? What do you want us to do more of? What do you want us to see us do next year? Obviously, we're going to be doing an in-person event again, which will be awesome. Um, but there's a lot of things we experimented with this year. So we're really curious for your feedback. Um, but thank you guys for joining us. And we will catch you uh, later. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. <laughs> Fuck.
fucking imbeciles. Back to you, fuckers. <laughs> He's like, let me tell you guys, that's the tip of the fucking iceberg, right? There's like, not even worth. That's not even close to how much bullshit I had to go through on cop out. And uh, and so like, uh, he the the guy asking the question goes, well, is there anything that you could you could tell us as an exclusive? And of course, everybody's like, yeah, you know, San Diego Comic Con. And he's like, he's like, look, okay, I, I'll tell you this one story. I'm, 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 I'm saying that it, this may have happened, and it didn't really happen. But let's, let's think <laughs> hypothetically. This is what happened. And uh, and he says, uh, there's a story of like uh, how <laughs> this is uh, this is a perfect like story for us too because there's there's some elements to it that that, uh, that work. But like. Um, He's like, he's like, I was uh, standing out there with Bruce. I was standing somewhere on a street with Bruce Willis. And, uh, and uh, we were, st- I don't know what, I guess waiting for the next shot or they were in a car. I can't remember where they were, but they were stopped there. And, uh, these two guys come up in a truck and then they like, they notice, they notice Bruce Willis and they're like, Hey, die hard, die hard and everything. And he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, and I love that, man. I love it when people come up to me and they're like, you know, silent Bob or clerks or whatever. And it's like, it's like, cause you know who, who a real movie fan is when they just call somebody by the movie title. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and, he, goes, and uh, he apparently and he keeps he keeps coming back to saying this no this didn't really happen i'm just just saying it's a hypothetical story <laughs> that, you know this is really 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 work it didn't happen but um uh he's like uh he turned he said he turned to bruce willis he says man that must feel fucking awesome man people coming up and just saying you know just you know giving you all that ad, uh adulation and everything and and uh he and he said that bruce willis turned to him and he said I feel sorry for those guys or something and walked off or something like that. <laughs> just didn't, didn't acknowledge the, you know, the coolness of people just, you know, saying, Hey, how awesome you are and all that. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I can imagine that's a very Bruce Willis thing. Go, uh, if, if you, you're going down this path, go, uh, watch, uh, Kevin Smith talk about his diehard experience. The, Oh, I've, uh, I saw that. Have you dude. seen that one? That I one's that awesome. In the middle of all that, dude. Like, I'm eating Bruce Willis chicken outside of his trailer. <laughs> What's up, Jeremy, by the way? What's up? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Cause he says something to the effect of they like, uh, he didn't like, he didn't like the Timothy Oliphant character, how it was written. And he yeah. wanted it. He wanted it. And he's he like, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant's playing it like a pussy. And, and, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. and then, and then, uh, he said that he, he, he runs into this one guy who he thinks is Bruce Willis's bodyguard because he's so huge and yeah. just muscles everywhere and everything. And he's like, Hey man, are you Bruce Willis's bodyguard? He's like, no nah, man, I'm one of Bruce Willis's writers. Yeah. He <laughs> writes only for Bruce Willis. Writes only so for Bruce Willis. Apparently he's got twenty of them or something like that. They're right. I want. I want to be one of those guys, man. How do you get that gig? I know. Just like be attached to, fucking Tom Holland or something like that. Like I'll I'll write you your dialogue, Tom. I'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Apparently, I've I've heard that with Ben Stiller, and I've heard that with really uh, couple. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Apparently, like I guess I guess the idea is he likes the the script he likes the situation but he wants to have somebody come in and write that makes it sound like it's him in the movie so he's never i guess he's never a different person other than ben stiller playing yeah i could kind of get that it's not like bruce willis is stretching 
in his roles. It's the last <laughs> Bruce Willis. Death Becomes Her, maybe, was the last one where he played something against mm-hmm. type. Yeah, yeah. Should do what but, the uh, the old uh, soldiers who wanted to get into the, get into the war, uh, who weren't eighteen yet or whatever, would put two dimes in their shoes and they would say, "I'm over twenty or I'm over nineteen. Nice, nice. And uh, and uh, they could say that with a straight face without lying. <laughs> I don't. That's a nice. What, that's a nice pull right there. <laughs> I don't even remember what that what that was from, but I remember that being a story about how kids would get into the war, you know, by lying about their age and being able to say it with a straight face. Fucking kids, man. I right. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Go get out. it, you dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Max Richter um album basically where he's uh he's he redid the Vivaldi stuff. The oh seasons. yeah, I've, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Four um, seasons. Yeah, I've got that uh and um uh, listen to that from time to time because it's very very pleasant very nice it is man i've i've always vivaldi is one of the oldest uh classical uh composers that i've listened to he's pre-baroque mm-hmm. but uh for some reason like his stuff his symphonies are some his violin concerto is one of the like most exciting things that i've i've heard in classical music yeah uh, i did enjoy top chef last night i finally watched it by the way it was oh delightful. you weren't watching it as it aired no, I was uh, finishing up Ford v Ferrari because it's so goddamn good. I can't stop watching it mm, when it comes weird. on. I, it's, I have a weird relationship with that movie. I am riveted right up until about the last 20 or 30 minutes, and then I just quit caring. I understand. And, that movie has a bunch of endings. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, I think the ending is where that movie loses me because um, – Showing him die feels well. It frustrates me as a viewer. Anyway, uh, maybe the movie's not about what I think it is. We're not here to talk about Ford v Ferrari. <clears throat> no, I understand. I understand what you're saying because it, it it could have been after the race. It could have ended. You <laughs> we're know. gonna go get him next year. Boom! Roll credits. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, or or just put some text saying this is what happened later or whatever, and then yeah, the they did not. And uh, then he got the coda of him going over to the house too. So it's like, all right, yeah, guys. like come on, man, come on. I think it works for me, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, it's like Castaway. You know, does does the last twenty minutes of that really need to be in there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When he's in the hotel room looking at fish, it'd be, be it. funny if they just took him back on the on the plane, and he's and he he says a couple of words or whatever, and then just cut straight to him in Texas at the crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> we have excised that portion of the entire movie. <laughs> How did he get here? <laughs> it's weird. 